2: Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. they got to be some tight asses, don't you think? (laughs) Oh, they take it (laughs) very seriously. (laughs) Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. The Packers are done. The Packers are done. McCarthy and Thompson are hoping now they won't be gone. The Packers are done. The Packers are done. McCarthy and Thompson are hoping now they won't be gone. A broken bone derailed their season. Losing Rodgers was the reason. His crappy teammates couldn't get the cheese into the playoffs. This year, they've only got a quarterback. A solid defense is what they lack. Fans at Lambeau are going back to the concession stand for more beer. The Packers are done. The Packers are done. Ah yes. McCarthy and Thompson are hoping (laughs) now
3: they won't be gone. As I lay in that. That surgery bed
2: eight weeks ago. Thinking about uh, this moment, uh, obviously saw it going a little differently. But uh, I'm proud of our guys for the way they played the last few weeks. Uh, today, this
0: point, I didn't play very well. He's got to be so mad now, right?
1: He's out, and I just saw a report: uh, Devonte Adams is in concussion protocol, unlikely to play as well. Wow! So this could be a 24 point victory. It should be this could right? be twenty four. It's point, Brett right, Hundley.
0: I think they'll win very comfortably. Yes, this doesn't seem like th- this team hasn't really. If you if you throw out uh, that Detroit game at home, which was right after Brad you know, the Bradford stuff was going on, mm-hmm. their other two losses, road losses, it was a fight against Pittsburgh. That was not a that wasn't a game where you didn't show up. It was a fight against one of the best teams in the NFL. And then the game against Carolina, that was a fight too. You came back all the way you you, you wound up almost winning that game. Yeah, absolutely. So all the things that happened. Yes. So this team has shown no evidence or signs of completely falling flat or laying down or taking an opponent lightly. You know, they've struggled against the Browns in London, but that wasn't that just seemed like some bad throws by Keenum and um
1: Yeah, I wouldn't call it. You gotta that search up. pretty
0: deep to find those brief moments of the season where they just looked uncharacteristically bad.
1: I am very curious to to see cuz I I was trying to think when is the last time the Vikings played a game in Green Bay where for the Packers it meant nothing. I can't think of, of the last time that they went into Green Bay cuz you know clearly it's been at different times of of the season. Probably 06 0- where it meant nothing maybe 0- 06 or 05. In yeah. 05 they were awful. So well,
0: that might have been the last time. 05 as Tom points out on on Twitter. Was 05 the year where they played the Packers three times where they beat no after oh four no, that was oh four into 05. 4. but then yeah.
1: but then in 05 they came back and the Packers were absolutely awful because that was Sherman uh, and Tice's last year but here's what's going to be very very in- interesting because we've always heard you know for the last twenty plus years rightfully so because the teams have consistently been good how great Packer fans are gentlemen you're going to see a lot of purple on TV on Saturday night. Packer fans a, selling, those, gonna, selling oh, those tickets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to find out that like every other fan base, when you stink, you bail. We're going to find – so this whole thing of it takes, you know, the waiting list at Lambeau and everybody goes to every game and and, and we take Grandpa and prop him up and bring him in the stadium. Prop him up. Because <laughs> Grandpa's 92 years old and we get him on a you know a sled and we take him in the game. No, you don't. Do
0: you think Steve sells his ticket? Would Steve sell his
1: ticket?
4: Steve, how you doing? Hey, Steve, or hey, Bill. I'm. I'm. A You're Steve. On the way. I, there you I,
2: I
3: go. I'm Steve. <laughs> go pack. Go. Never not funny.
1: I think. <laughs> and the answer is yes. Steve, Steve would sell his ticket. Steve already sold his ticket to a guy from Blaine. Oh yeah, yeah. Steve strikes me as the exact type of guy. Beer money? Yeah. yeah. Packers
3: stink. I'm so of these guys. I see you.
1: <laughs> I stay at home on Saturday night. That's exactly it. Done. But all of this, all oh, the Green Bay Packer fan is the most loyal fan, and they never give up on their team. Lambeau Field, Lambeau Field is going to be purple covered on Saturday night. Yeah, it's going to be.
0: Uh, purple covered just from people's skin turning purple, too, right? It's going to be, isn't like it going to be a classic cold weather game it's at supposed, Lambeau Field? Yes, it's
1: supposed to dip down bad by Saturday night. Yeah. There, yes. but to
0: your question, when's the last time the Vikings had this much of an edge going into a game at Lambeau Field? Even those there was a couple down seasons, the 05 Packers season was down, but it wasn't like those were dominant Vikings teams. And then no. when the Vikings were dominant in 09, the Packers were still pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. The Vikings were better, but it wasn't an embarrassing Packers team. Um and then late 90s, the Packers were coming off Super Bowls. Yeah, they were when good. the Vikings were yeah. were rising up. So you might have to go back to the 1980s. That's what I'm thinking. To find a game where the Vikings rolled in and it was like, oh, well, Green Bay has no shot. Yep. I wouldn't, I think I right. wouldn't consider it that way because I think interdivision no, it's a row game. It's a short week. The Packers have a shot in this game.
1: They've got a shot, but they've got no no real hope. So, so when's the last time the Vikings played the Packers where where the Packler the Packers only chance is to play spoiler? It might be the 80s at some point. Yeah. I don't think it was in the 90s. In 05 that game that game when they played them in 05 I also want to say might have been midway through the season cuz I remember being at Lambeau that day that night and it I don't think it was bitter cold yet. So they still had some hope. I mean, they stunk. But we're talking about now going in there and nobody from the Green Bay side is really going to care that much. Yeah, this
0: is a flag in the ground type of a game for the Vikings that rarely comes up. Yes. And this is like, if it would be disappointing if they didn't go in there and do not quite what they did to the Bengals. Because I think there's going to be a little more pride on the line here for for the Packers. But to go in, stomp on them, they only score nine points or something. They kick three field goals. And you win the game 27 to 9, right? Like that would be. Lambeau leaps by the Vikings players. Wow. With Vikings fans sitting in the front row, like Randy and Cottage Grove, who purchased tickets on StubHub,
1: embracing them. The last last Vikings player to have the gall to, to do the leap, if you recall, was Fred Smoot. In the game that Tavares Jackson made his first start, 6 oh, right? Oh, God, that was End a disaster. Of 06. That was
0: a Thursday night game.
1: Rainy Thursday night game in Lambeau. One of the, and I'm not joking with you guys, one of the worst football games I've ever witnessed. It was just crap. And Was Brett Favre playing in that game yeah, too? Yeah, yeah. And uh, Fred Smoot picked off Favre. Now, I think the Packers came back and won. But at that point in time, I think the Packers were up by like six or something. And Smoot picked off a pass went for a touchdown, and did the leap. And the amount of beer that was then thrown at that man was impressive.
0: (laughs) Well, here's another way to frame the question. How many times, period, forget about like the Vikings having a huge advantage, which they do in this game. How many times lately, last couple decades, have you just felt really, really good about the Vikings' chances to win at Lambeau Field? Because the Packers feel like that all the time when they come to the Metrodome or for, U.S. Bank Stadium. They did for Lambe, Oh, we got yeah. Rodgers and Favre. Oh, yeah, oh, for sure. Going to yeah. win the game. Yeah, we, but how many times, period, have you thought, you know what, the Vikings have a really good shot at Lambeau Field this year.
3: The last time Rodgers was injured, when the game ended in a tie, what year was that?
0: Tolzien and Ponder yes. dueling it out. Flynn 13, played in that game, right? 2013. 2013. Yeah, one of them got hurt, right?
3: Flynn oh. got hurt, and then they had to go to Tolzien, and I they don't ended remember, up in a tie. But they both played. <laughs> I think.
1: Maybe, um, oh, boy. Did we have, how much confidence did we have? The 08 opener was at Lambeau. It was a Monday night game, Vikings Packers, and that was Rodgers' first start. I want to say we we were very happy that Favre was gone at that point, and we didn't know what, what to expect. Yeah, Rodgers held onto the ball too long. Oh, he used to run constantly. Yeah. That might be, Phil, that might be the last time that I recall thinking to myself, the Packers are, because at that point you're thinking, okay, Favre's finally gone. Of course, you didn't know he was being replaced by a quarterback who was better than him. Yeah. So that, so that might, that yeah. might be the last time that I went into a game thinking to myself that the Vikings have a very good chance and that the Packers might be down, which obviously they weren't.
0: Yeah. What's the spread on this game? Have you seen it? I have not
1: taken a look yet. All I have to do is get my Star Tribune out for you, and I can tell you. <laughs> Going to turn to the. they just put the lines, the lines in there every, every single day? I oh, of course they do. Yeah.
0: I got to get back on that. Hard copy
1: newspaper train but copy I've been offered news- for
0: 20 years. I love
1: the hard copy newspaper. Kill it, the Killing Trees train. Oh, I have trees overrated. Uh, Vikings by... Hoo, 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 hoo. Care to take a guess? Wow, road favorites. It's pretty accurate, um, but it's... Okay, hold
0: on. Yep. Vikings, no Rogers. If this was a home game, I would say Vikings by 11, 10 or 11. I'll say seven and a half. Oh, it's more than that.
3: It was 11 at home to the Bengals, and I'd have to think you think the Bengals are slightly better than the Packers. You're going to Lambeau, though. 12, two touchdowns.
1: Uh, Slightly too aggressive, nine points. That's an aggressive number for a road team, short week, division. The last, I would have to say the last time the Vikings had any chance of going into Green Bay and being favored by nine points was probably 85 or something like that. Just That's, wait until
3: Huntley goes down and we see Joe Callahan come in in the
1: second quarter. Don't think that, yeah, you're probably right. He's Just, been working with McCarthy for two years, yeah, so he should be good. We're very proud of him. Just he sling, doesn't
0: chew gum. Flinging his auto parts all over the field. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, think about that for Brand a second. Brand new brake pad division. <laughs> That's right. Let's come back and talk to Mike Goley Jr. Uh, <laughs> word speaking of, great segue for Luther Brookdale Toyota. They got brake pads and stuff like that in the service department. Uh, They've got technology and stuff. (laughs) Um, It's Toyotathon right now at Luther Brookdale Toyota, which means the best time of year to get into a brand new 2018 Camry for just $189 a month. That includes a freshened up brand new exterior. We're talking about upgrades on the interior, new technology, new safety features. Go in, ask about the new Camry, ask about the new RAV4, which you can also get into on a three-year lease. For just one hundred ninety nine dollars per month, uh, go go see my friends Paula and Tony and Badu and everybody else in that showroom area, and um, you know they'll just they'll 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 give you a test drive. They'll show you anything you want. They'll you know pair your phone to the vehicle so you can get the full experience um, as you would if you were the one uh, driving and owning the car. Luther Brookdale Toyota. Toyotathon 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard.
2: Now, exactly what is this special surprise you mentioned there? Mackie and Judd are back on 1500 ESPN. Football! Football, yeah! yeah, football, yeah football! Football! Yeah, football. football. Yeah, get so. I'm eat. Got stripped to the football, and the Vikings have it. Everson Griffin knocked it out. And Rogers is hurt. He took a big hit at the end of that play just as he got it out. It looked like he might have landed on that right shoulder. That's Anthony
4: Barr.
0: Uh, Mike Golick Jr., uh, you can find him ESPN Radio early in the morning. He also joins the uh, Golick and Wingo show uh, with his dad and Trey Wingo, the first hour of our morning show here. Mike, uh, we, were, we were momentarily outraged when Harrison Smith wasn't named to the Pro Bowl team. And then we realized nobody in this room has watched a Pro Bowl in like 10 years, so who cares? Uh, and then we started making a list of things in sports we shouldn't waste time being outraged about. And Pro Bowl snubs, power rankings, and preseason football are uh, the three on our list right now.
4: Ooh, that's a strong start. I'm actually, the mo- the one I would be most enamored with would probably be pre- preseason. Uh, instead of preseason football, I would say in Certainly, it applies to the NFL power rankings, yeah. but in college football preseason rankings, drive me up a wall because we understand how much of the uh, you know conversation that populates and how it affects the way we view all of these wins later on in the season. So I'm with you in that vein. Anything that goes on in preseason where we spend too much time trying to assign you know a, a rank or meaning to what we've seen <laughs> in that time period is insane.
1: That's our job, though. Now, right to d- to debate these things.
4: Oh, it's. I mean, it's a hundred percent for us. Like the guys, exactly. Guys are like we we don't know what we are yet. Like we went into every season <laughs> understanding you're kind of a new blank slate. So mm-hmm. it's, it's completely selfishly for us. So we need to keep doing it.
1: Of all the the all star games in sports, the Pro Bowl, and I get that pe- people watch, so it's not going to go away. But the Pro Bowl should be eliminated immediately. It is Mike Olick Jr. the biggest waste of time, I think, among any all star game.
4: By far. I wish they would replace it. I wish you would let the AFC and the NFC play a five-on-five rotating game of pickup hoops because if you want to see professional football players go all out in something, tell them that they can go show everyone how good of a basketball player they are because every guy in every football locker room I've ever been a part of wants to let everyone know how good of a basketball player he was in high school, every year in college at Notre Dame. I heard guys in our locker room, Kyle Rudolph was one of them, that would sit there and say, we could pick a starting five from our football team that could beat our basketball team. If you did that, you would see max effort. You would see entertainment because there are a lot of good guys that can hoop in the nfl and i just think last year after what we saw with those skill contests that were pretty entertaining for the most part in the days before Mm -hmm. and i think we're a good vein to keep going down this is the logical next step i said it last year i will keep campaigning for this as long as i can (laughs) i love that one
1: flaw first achilles to go you're in big trouble
4: oh listen it's a major league injury risk but if you – listen, I understand, and that's one of the guy's chief complaints. Tyler Eifert, who's my former teammate, you know, a, 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 a hurt his ankle in that game in a way that really affected him the next year and campaigned against it, and plenty of guys say that. But I guarantee a lot of them would look the other way for their physical health if it was a game of pickup hoops. The coaches might be a little more upset. Especially because it's so outside of what they do, but the players would look the other way because they love basketball that much.
0: You know what? Let, let me add to this. Let me ex- let me take your idea. Yes, and go. I'm going to yes <laughs> and it. I'm going I'm to expand it here. Uh, three words: offensive lineman Olympics. I think you come up with ten events: beer pong. Uh, if you want to put, you, know, you could even include just. It could just be guys in the trenches Olympics because I want, I want the Linval Josephs and the defensive tackles in there too. Uh, swimming, basketball, beer pong, anything you want to fill out the uh, the ten items with the ten uh, the ten contests with.
4: I'm in. I want it to be like a combination of that, like college style drinking games, certainly some athletic competition, and then sort of a mix of. Think the outdoor games that we used to see on ESPN where it's guys wielding chainsaws. I'm, yes. down here, I'm getting ready to call the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl tomorrow night on ESPN. It's FIU and Temple. And the other day down here, they had those industrial-sized mowers, the one you see with any sort of lawn maintenance crew that comes around and will do neighborhoods or, or big park areas. They got to race, kids on the team got to race those around a track. You give me NFL offensive and defensive linemen racing lawnmowers and tractors, and I am here every day and twice on Sunday. Yeah,
0: I mean, this uh, emergency amputation brought to you by uh, (laughs) fill in this. There's a lot of sponsorship opportunities here, too. I like it. Yeah, cauterize the, cauterize the wound. We'll be back after this. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, go ahead. Fire away, Judge.
1: All right. Uh, so <laughs> so have we now seen enough uh, in, uh, in football this year that the powers that be are when they convene at some point in the coming months, Mike, are going to decide that they need to redefine, tweak, uh, and or change the catch rule?
4: No, because I think they've defined it well for themselves. The one thing we heard echoed throughout that whole conversation, coming off of that game, was the fact that this was very easy for the referees. This was something that was easy for them to identify. Everyone agreed, and I heard, you know, Ryan Clark and Jeff Saturday on our air talking about how, oh, once way they went to the replay, you knew exactly what the call was going to be, and that's what they want is clarity, and that's at a player what you want is clarity the one thing i'd be in favor of is maybe a little more player agency in this if you want to bring together offensive and defensive players who can help define for them in a way that guys would be comfortable what they believe the catch is but right now i don't see any impetus for them to change because this is something that the officials can call very easily you're taking a lot of power and subjectivity out of their hands for the most part there's always going to be some of that with human reps but I don't think there's a lot of impetus for change because, for once, it's clearly defined. It may not be defined in a way that we enjoy, but it's defined in a way that they can enforce.
0: Yeah, I think I think you just hit on the biggest misperception this week is that look, no one knows what a it catch is. It's it's too com- it's not complicated actually. It's it's very black and white. You have to contain, uh, you have to maintain control of the ball while you hit the ground. Or I would add an amendment to that. If you're gonna if you're gonna amend it, I think the current rule. It basically ignores the fact that supreme professional athletes aren't able to make a secondary move while falling to the ground. So if I'm falling to the ground but I'm also able to dive or twist or lunge, that should complete the catch process and now my secondary move puts me at risk for fumbling or whatever the next outcome is. That's the that's the tweak I would make, allowing guys to make a secondary move even while falling to the ground.
4: No. I understand it. I mean, I've played devil's advocate on this all week and said, you know, then it's easy in those moments when a guy does, and it's an even more bang-bang play. It is so athletic. It does happen so fast. He goes to the ground, and all of a sudden something that looks like a clear drop because it's near that plane, and that's really what this comes down to is we treat the plane of the end zone Mm -hmm. like this completely different animal in a lot of ways, run or receiving, when it comes to touchdowns. And so all of a sudden you could have something that looks clearly like a drop by any other metric, but if it occurs near the goal line and if it occurs quick enough, all of a sudden we're still going to have people up in arms this is the thing too you're never going to please everyone this ends up being like the college football playoff committee we all thought we wanted a degree of subjectivity we all thought we wanted a degree of well i know what the best team looks like give me that and as we've seen you just tick off a whole new crowd of people so that's all you're courting in all of this when you talk about change and reform in the area of what it catches is you're just courting anger from a new audience
1: so if you're a coach uh, do you tell your your players then that that unless the clock is going to expire, do not extend the, the ball because we seem to get in trouble when guys catch the ball, pivot and extend. Do do you tell them if unless you are unless time is about to expire, if you catch the ball, you make sure that you cradle that ball and, and that you don't try and get the extra yards or the touchdown.
4: I think so. And I mentioned this the other day to my dad. Cause what do you what do you look for as an athlete? Going into every game, you look at, all right, how the official is going to call this game. And you have an idea. They scout officiating crews, but you learn in the beginning of the game. All right. These refs are a little more, uh, uh, in on holding. These guys are going to call a lot of defensive pass interference. And then what do we always say? Athletes adjust. The guys go out there, they figure out how the game's called and they adjust for that day. All right. This is what I have to kind of shy away from right now. When you're given parameters, you fill those parameters when you're a guy that plays sports. And so For the guys now, you know what this is, so absolutely you adjust to that. You say the focus is make sure you've got it secured all the way through because we know that is going to be the most fundamentally important part of this, and then we'll work from the inch line. If you can make a move after that, great, but make sure it's secondary to you being locked in on this and having control going to the ground.
0: I saw a story yesterday, uh, I think it was from Mike Lombardi, who has worked with Bill Belichick for years, that the Patriots actually coach – and also punish their players if they reach with the ball for the pylon. It's it's a it's not only something that they focus on; it's something that they that they will fine or or punish players for. So my guess is the the Steelers weren't doing the same thing in practice, but um,
4: probably not. And apparently they weren't going over uh, end of game management on the sideline either before that fake pump and throw. So it's, yeah, there's a few things that probably have to get added to the fold after this week. Yeah, you have
0: permission to not freak out in that spot and then blow the game entirely, right? And they had a half hour while that review took place to figure out what their next 30 seconds were going to look like, and it's like they just didn't account for the fact that this might turn over and uh, and be a non-catch.
4: It was surprising, especially because just, to listen, I went to training camp with them. I'm still close with a couple of guys on that team, and in general, that is a very prepared outfit. Mike Tomlin does a good job of going through a lot of those situations and making sure guys understand what's expected of them in those spots, and so for them to either, you know, if it was someone going rogue, if it was just a spur of the moment thing, I don't know what it was, but that seemed atypical given the kind of organization they generally are. Yep.
0: All right. Hey, enjoy your uh, college football. Are you doing just one game, or are you doing multiple games in the next uh, couple I, weeks? I have,
4: I have the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla tomorrow night, and then next week I'm on the radio call for the Belk Bowl in Charlotte, North Carolina. The so an Belk Bowl. Of weeks
0: here. Yes. Enjoy, Mike Olick Jr. Thanks, guys. Talk okay. to me. I'd see, man. Yep. The Belk Bowl. What was the first bowl? Favorite. So,
1: what what bowl is he about to work?
0: I can't even. He, remember. Blew he through, just he, said it, and I can't even remember. He
1: blew through it so quick, I couldn't. I couldn't understand. It's a game it.
0: like tomorrow between two directional schools.
1: Let's see if I can find up my Star Tribune here. Yeah, no.
0: You Not know, you know these these. Uh, these paper newspaper. Here, let's let's the, let people hear. They it. should have a search bar where you can just like you know write in with a pencil what you're searching. for. You know for how nice it is to be a, to able to pick
1: up something and print in your hands a hard copy and page through it. We are going to wait with here with a cup of coffee.
0: Just so you know, we're going to wait here before going to break until you find this obscure bowl game in well, the hold newspaper. Hold on,
1: then, If you got time, I mean, heck, if we got time to find it, let's see. We got. Uh, so he said tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Oh, here it is. I found it. My bad. The get it's the uh, Gasparilla Bowl in Saint Petersburg, which, if I'm not mistaken, is played in the in the Rays Stadium. It's weird. There's bowl, there's bowl games that are played in baseball only stadiums in Saint Petersburg, the Pinstripe Bowl, and if I'm not mistaken, San Francisco, in the Giants Ballpark, still hosts a bowl. It's a very odd deal. Every kid's dream. I get
0: that. Every kid's dream to play an obscure sponsored bowl game inside the Tampa Bay Rays juice box of a stadium.
1: The funny thing is, though, Mike has to say the the entire name because the sponsor has to be attached. So you got to blow through like eight things. Instead of the Gasparilla bowl, it's the whatever.
0: Unlike Burr Bladlevin, who just says Rawlings Gold Glove Award. Without being paid by Rawlings, I remember when the he's, Rawlings go No, it, I can, thought that was a joke. You can just say "Gold Glove."
1: Right? No, it. but when Bert, I I remember when they got that note that said "mention mention the sponsor," and Bert brought it up, and I thought he, he was just joking around, and I thought, oh, okay, he's going to say Rawlings like once or twice, and then the gag's done. Since that
0: day, it's really been like, like five years. years. Yeah. Uh, what about when the Vikings changed the 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 Metrodome? To the it was Mall, Mall of America, America Field. Field at Metrodome or something. It was the
1: Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome at Mall of America Field. Or Mall of America Field at well, Hubert H. Whatever wh- it was. Whatever it was. And then It's, it's the dome. And then, it's okay. And then poor Les Frazier would get up at every press conference and say, hmm. I'm looking forward to being at Mall of America Field this yeah, week God. without fail. He would never say the Metrodome. He'd say, "I'm <laughs> looking forward to playing at Mall of America Field this week." Yeah, and the sponsors would smile.
0: And it was one season, right? It was just the 2010 I season. It was,
1: I think it was the last two years there, right? Well, or yeah. You're right.
0: I, I should take that back. It was they, they moved. The to... first year was the year where the whole thing came yes. crumbling down. Yes, recipe. they
3: were. Yeah. yeah, proud
0: sponsors. Dave, what do you got for <laughs> us in questions here next?
3: I'm going to ask if I can get the last two segments of that, uh, or last two minutes of that segment back.
0: Wow. That was really, really mean-spirited. Boy, that's not a yes and right there. That's the opposite of a yes and. Phil Mackey. He's got the body language of a whiner. Judd Zolgad.
4: Every time he opens his mouth, it's a garbage dumpster of crap coming out of it.
2: Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackey and Judd.
4: Do you
1: believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. All right, David Harrigan, you got three questions for us. Sure do, Judd. Go right ahead with them. Let's start with
3: this. There's a fellow by the name of Jackson Carmen, a five-star recruit out of the state of Ohio. Big-time offensive tackle. You think he might be going to Ohio State, right? No, he was stolen by the Clemson Tigers and Dabble Sweeney. Carmen saying during his recruitment that Urban Meyer, excuse me, Dabble Sweeney told Carmen during the recruitment, Urban Meyer happens to be on the back end of his career in terms of years left, so you don't really want to go to Ohio State. Why don't you come Hmm. over to Clemson? Don't join old man Urban, who happens to be only 53 and dabbles 48, but no big deal. No big deal at all. Uh, Carmen said it wasn't a major factor in the recruitment, but there was a little bit there. There's an underlying factor in his choice to go to Clemson over Ohio State. So my question to you is twofold: A, is negative recruiting fair play in your uh, in your opinion? And B, if you were PJ Fleck and had to negatively recruit any school in the Big Ten, pick the school and what would you say?
1: What uh, <laughs> one is absolutely fair, absolutely fair game. I would do it all the time. And and where Dabble's right is Ur- Urban's only 53, but we always get the he gets tired and my health goes bad. My heart, I had some heart problems, so I had to quit my last job. <laughs> but now I'm back at Ohio State. Okay, Urban, that doesn't really work. I mean, the pressure with the Buckeyes still there. So negative recruiting, 1,000% fair. And um, if I was to, if I was P.J. Fluck and I was to, uh, negatively recruit against a school, I'd go against a big boy. I'd go against Wisconsin. I would go against Wisconsin and I would say, look, Madison's a fine town, but we offer way more here. The experience, the game day experience in Wisconsin is great. The rest of your life stinks there. I'm offering you the opportunity to go to a school that's just as good as Wisconsin. I'm offering you the opportunity to still play in a new stadium and, And probably most importantly, I'm offering you the experience to be on a campus that's in a city. So you know what? If you enjoy Saturdays and that's it, Wisconsin's fine. But if you want a real life, come play for me.
0: Uh, So to answer part one of your question, uh, absolutely fair game. If the can-you-hear-me-now guy can switch to a new phone company and then bash the company that made him famous for like 10 years, then anyone can negatively recruit. Uh, And I would say... Judd went after a big boy. I would go after the biggest boy. If I'm P.J. Fleck and I see that, wait, Dabo Sweeney can negatively recruit against Ohio State. I'm younger than Dabo. There's a 15-year difference between me and Urban Meyer. I'm going after Ohio State players. Hey, this guy's old. Look at that. He's got gray hair. I'm young. I'm spry. I'm in my 30s. I'm rowing the boat. Urban's going to peace out for health reasons in a couple years. And Ohio State, by far, has the most four- and five-star recruits that you could poach from. Wisconsin, it's not that Wisconsin gets a bunch of four- and five-star guys. They just get guys that work in their system. So if I'm going to poach and I'm going to negatively recruit, I'm not going to Iowa or Northwestern. I'm going right for the top, Urban Meyer, baby. Yep, 100%.
3: Let's dig into the stupidest story of the day. Dana White, president UFC, quote, We're talking to Floyd Mayweather about doing a UFC deal. It's real. He was talking about boxing Conor McGregor. Was that real? Have you heard Floyd talk about many things that aren't real? He usually tips his hand when he's in the media, and then that bleep ends up happening. We're interested in doing something with Floyd. Everything is a realistic possibility. Anything is possible. I also saw somewhere where it could be maybe like a three or four fight deal for the 40-year-old Mayweather in the UFC.
0: You, Let's play yeah. the game called How does this end? Well, it doesn't end with four fights or does it start? <laughs> um he's not even he's he's like 40, right? He is 40. 40? So, and he's never done ground game or anything that would relate to mixed martial arts outside of striking. And then if you took the gloves off and had those the, the lighter weight gloves that you would find in UFC and the punch when the punch does land, it might knock you out instead of, you know, of a, a, a fifty, I mean, yeah. you know, whatever square inch glove. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't. First of all, I don't think it happens. If it does, he's going to make two hundred million dollars off of it, <laughs> some absurd amount of money, and just get his brains beat in in one fight. There is zero chance he could take down. He'd probably get beat within the first sixty to ninety seconds of a real mixed martial arts fight against an actual legitimate opponent, uh, like a Georges St. Pierre or somebody. Although. I think GSP might be a little heavier. I don't know. I don't know what the weight class would be there, but it would not work out well.
1: Uh Phil's right. This ends with Floyd getting another huge, huge payday. And my my guess is if he were to sign a four fight deal, that would mean that he would also request or get some type of stake in, in the entire thing. So this ends uh with with fewer than four fights, but most importantly for Floyd, it ends with how it always does another mammoth paycheck for Floyd. I mean, I, it seems like, and it seems like every time with Floyd that we we say, oh, that's not going to happen. He's rich. Guess what he does? He takes the cash. So I would not be surprised one bit if he signed some type of deal that gave him a, gave him some type of stake. And even if he didn't see the entire thing through, he would get an, another enormous payday.
0: Like what would be just for fun, if he entered an octagon and now it's MMA rules. And so you're, the rounds are five minutes. So it's. So not only are you—you you can't really get in there and dance around for like two or three minutes. you got five-minute rounds, and they can take you down and destroy you. Yep. What would his path to victory be? Because he's not a knockout guy. <laughs> Climbing the fence. And yeah, everything. I was going to say. Right. Making has, it end as quick as possible. I think in the last ten years in boxing, he might have two or three knockouts or TKOs. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So if he's not even really a knockout striker, how is he going to beat anyone of, of, you know— uh of credible ilk in the UFC, it ain't gonna happen. It makes. Sense. I'd watch it. Hell, it makes. That's m- the point. <laughs> well, you would really no, exactly. I, I want to watch it. So but I, I want to watch the it. thing. Yes. it's a spectacle. Yes, you would. And he'd get his ass kicked. Yes, and I and I would enjoy both of those you, things. You'd
3: be paying a hundred bucks for literally twenty seconds of him
0: getting his ass kicked. Yes, I would watch that. I would pay a hundred bucks. I'd catch it on YouTube an hour later.
1: Okay, that's fine. And think about this: when it comes to Floyd, every time Floyd fans say he won't do that, he does it. He like, needs the money. Like, like, when's the last time that some weird thing about Floyd has been broached and he hasn't done it? The McGregor thing, everybody said, that's the, that fight's not going to happen. It happened. Well, Pacquiao
0: took five years. Pacquiao took forever,
1: happened. and and a lot of people said, this is dead. It happened. So it just seems to me that every time we say Floyd won't do it, as Dave just said, he needs the money. Floyd doesn't. Yeah, put it this way. Even and if, he, it, if right. he
0: allowed Conor to hang around in that fight, and it sounds like he did... That, that could have been a that he could have he toyed with him for the first few rounds it wouldn't look at all like that and if it if it did it would be really uncomfortable because it would be so obvious his opponent is letting him hang around if because if if he goes to the ground what how like what has is he going to learn is he going to learn like Brazilian jiu-jitsu in the next year at an expert level Pro- probably not
3: Judd, you're an avid watcher of the afternoon programming on ESPN as we all know love it highly yes. questionable. Oh, C C. What's the best segment of that show? The, the last segment, C
1: or no? C or no? Yeah. See or no yes, right? Yes. yes.
3: What's on TV tonight? Are you interested or are you not? C C. I'm very intrigued. And, pa- and yes. Poppy
1: always is intrigued. Yes. Well,
3: I've got a couple of those for you guys. All right. Give me a C or no, and then I'm going to ask you guys which you are more intrigued by. All right. <laughs> First, there is a script that has been floating around Hollywood that apparently a lot of the execs are very enamored with. This thing could be a greenlit turned into a production Hmm. produced by Will Smith.
0: Oh, my God. I saw this yesterday. Yes. Oh, no. It would be about the year
3: Michael Jordan took off from basketball following the life of Michael Jordan on the baseball diamond, this would be an actual movie, so you know actors playing Jordan or sure. whatever. But yes, they, it would be following the year of Michael Jordan away from hoops, playing baseball, uh, right. double A baseball with the White Sox organization. See or no? I mean,
0: no for me, zero interest. Don't care. Wouldn't go see. Is Will Smith going to be playing Michael Jordan? I can't get I can't get over that. I don't think so. I think he'd just be producing. Okay. I
1: don't
3: care
0: who plays Jordan. Have, have a younger guy. Yeah, and I don't care. I would not. I have no interest so no i'll probably wind up stumbling into it but against my own will
3: all right how about this a new tv show coming to fusion cable channel and we've all probably never heard of but it's probably one of those that we do have yeah Yeah. okay you're a big
1: fusion guy i've heard of it yes definitely. Uh, the show is
3: going to be called poppy or big poppy needs a job a 10-part reality show that'll follow david ortiz as he tries out a bunch of different professions Dog groomer, musician, manicurist, stadium tour guide, to be, to name a few. I'm in C on this. C or yep. no?
0: This sounds like the commercial series he did, where he was a tennis instructor and and just hitting everything over the fence like Big Poppy would. Yep. I remember that. So maybe there's a sponsorship here. Yes, I'm in. C. Yes.
1: C as well. So you're both. more interested Then in the oh, uh, there's not even uh, close to
0: me. I'd rather watch Big Poppy uh, like cook at a Perkins than like Will Smith or somebody that he hires. Play a 230-hitting Michael Jordan (laughs) in low A ball. I think this sounds great. Poppy. Poppy.
1: Oh, yeah. I think it sounds fantastic. I'm definitely in. I agree.
0: I'm definitely in. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So is this in production, or is this just an idea that's been— No, uh, it sounds like Poppy Needs a Job is absolutely happening. Wow. Okay. This will be great. I love how MLB Network didn't want this. It's on Fusion. ESPN couldn't put this together. It's on an obscure cable channel. You
3: know, you're right. MLB Network could run that thing all off. For sure,
0: yeah. Or Netflix or something? Like why fusion? I'm very confused.
1: No idea. But mm-hmm. I love the idea. What are some other ones? Do you have more?
0: Or are those the only
3: two? No, those are my top. Those are the two I had.
1: The Jordan okay. one sounds terrible. Don't care. Don't want to watch it. I mean you've got uh
3: what Wolves play tonight? Yeah, Denver. Yeah. See or no? I don't know.
0: <laughs> uh no, actually. I'm I'm gonna be out on that.
1: Let's just say that there is a <laughs> there is a Fox Porch North viewing party t- tonight for that game at the local bunnies in St. Louis Park. We know where Judd's gonna be. And I might make an appearance. Really? I'll be the Fox boy. Can you creep? Because the Fox girls are no. gone, I'll be the Fox boy. <laughs> make this happen. In like a crop
0: top. Can we get you some signs to just creep in the background? Like just
1: Mackie and Judd. Songs by the U Log. <laughs> <laughs> Take a boombox in and start playing it really loud. We've got some big news. Mackie and Judd now continue. Can you smell it?
2: On 1500 ESPN. Timberwolves. 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 And still sh**ty Tibbs built the team Built, built the team. team Still he screams Still he screams. screams Fans want to see postseason play
3: Jimmy Buckets, Tegan Taj Came to help get some stuff But so far the D isn't much better. Open threes, uncontested dunks, could someone please take a flop? With this
2: roster, winning shouldn't be so hard. Timberwolves, 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 Timberwolves. Timberwolves. still sh**ty, Tibbs built the team, built the team, still he screams, still he screams, screams. fans want to see postseason play.
0: Songs by the Ulog. If you're interested in finding or avoiding our songs <laughs> by the u If you want to know
1: how to steer clear of all songs.
0: Here's a tip or a warning. You can find them at facebook.com slash 1500ESPN. The videos tab uh, will bring you to a little playlist of not only volume three in the songs we have on volume three, but also volume two from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, volume one, I believe, just on SoundCloud right now. SoundCloud.com slash 1500ESPN. You have to find it. We can... We'll come up with something in the next couple of days for you to maybe experience these with your family on our show page or something. Or
1: Christmas Day, perhaps during,
0: uh, yeah, as you all open gifts, exactly, and listen to us sing, or uh, <laughs> and then leave, yeah, or gouge your eardrums out. You could do that too. Oh. Um, so today is the they they've added a national signing day to college football. They're still going to have the one in February, but they added an early signing day where PJ Fleck apparently spoke for like 50 minutes straight before taking any questions about his class. And the Gophers have a fringe top 25 national recruiting class, mostly because of just a bulk of three-star guys and a few, like a small handful of four-star guys. So just, I did some research before the show. If you're wondering, to what degree does recruiting and the star ratings and things like that, as nebulous as it can be, to what degree does it matter? And it's amazing how consistent teams that get four- and five-star guys, how much that correlates to success, except in some outlier cases. Let me just take the Big Ten for you, all right? In the last decade, here are, in order, the Big Ten teams— Placed in order of four and five star recruits only. So, did you get the big boys? Mm -hmm. Did you get the top receivers, the top offensive linemen? Number one in the conference, Ohio State, 157 of them according to uh, 24 7 sports over the last 10 years. Michigan, number two, with 124. So, pretty much holds in line with win loss records. Number three, Penn State. And they've popped up a lot recently, 74 four and five star guys. Mm And then you have a bit of a drop off before you get to Nebraska, Michigan State, Maryland, and Wisconsin are in that middle ground. And that's where I think Chip was talking about this. Then it comes down to coaching. Wisconsin takes that middle ground and elevates
1: it to the top, right? They get players exactly that that they can coach up, yes. Correct. That they want.
0: Nebraska takes that big collection and Elevator er, and I and, guess uh, devolves it into firing coaches and mm-hmm. six and seven and eight win seasons. Maryland kind of the same, probably underachieves relative to the talent they bring in. And then there's the Gophers, which in the last 10 years, according to 24-7 Sports, have only eight four and five-star recruits. No five-star guys. Mm-hmm. And yeah. five of them came in one season with Tim Brewster, where he may have fudged the, uh, yeah, they might not have the rankings. Yep. So can you just get to that middle ground and then coach up? That's the goal for Mm -hmm. the Gophers. But Ohio State, 157. Gophers, (laughs) 8 over the past 10 years. That's about fitting, In terms of four- and five-star recruits. Yeah.
1: I I saw something in the Star Tribune today. They they had the uh, Big Ten classes ranked. And I think Maryland right now, going into today, was... Number 4 in the conference.
0: Yeah, wow. It was really good. They've had some like random years where they'll pop up and have big recruiting classes.
1: Here's what I'm curious about though. So, the Alabama's of the world, I'm sure signs some guys today, but then do they do they wait and get some of the big name guys who can who have the ability to wait in February, is my guess. So those yeah. teams will then change in their rank at that yes, point. Like Alabama right now
0: is 5th and they have Zero five star guys right now. Right. And they've got well, five star guys they'll sign in February. I'm yep. sure they'll get at least like one, two, or three of them, right? Yep. Ohio State number one in the country as of right now. And recruiting, not shocking. They're almost always up there. Urban Meyer, but he's gonna leave soon. Yeah, according to yeah. Uh <laughs> gophers are above Florida, which is interesting in Wisconsin, so um tomorrow Matthew Collar will join. Also, um, you can find our podcast on the Mackey and Judd show page off to get some lemon tea. <laughs> Bye.